to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. At the time of recording this episode, the Supreme Court has only given judgement in one case so far in 2019, which we covered in last week's episode. That should change on Wednesday, but in the meantime, we need a case for this week's episode of the podcast, and so we are heading to the Court of Appeal instead to look at Shepherd and the Information Commissioner, which has the citation 2019 EWCA CRIM 2. This will be interesting because it gives us a chance to consider some of the changes to data protection law that have taken place during the last year or so. The present case was decided under the old Data Protection Act 1998, but of course because of the Data Protection Act 2018, there is now an entirely new regime to consider. The man at the centre of this case used to work for a tenancy management organisation called BMVO that had close links with Islington Borough Council. The council had some concerns about the organisation and the way that it worked with young and vulnerable people, so it decided to commission a safeguarding investigation. It has been suggested that this investigation was motivated by the council seeking to secure a better deal with BMVO, but that is not especially important here. What is important is that the report was leaked to Shepherd, who then forwarded it on to 83 people, including councillors and the local MP. The problem was that the report contained personal information about people who worked for BMVO, and so a charge was brought in relation to Section 55 of the Old Data Protection Act, the unlawful obtaining of personal data. In the lower court, Shepherd was convicted and handed a fine, but this appeal found its way to the Court of Appeal, where we pick it up. The offence itself, under subsection 1, is fairly easy to define, as it is simply the knowing or reckless disclosure of personal data without the consent of the data controller, who, in this case, was the council. It was the defences raised under subsections 2b, c and d that are more of an issue as these state that subsection 1 does not apply to a person who shows that they either had a reasonable belief in their right to disclose the information, had a reasonable belief that the data controller would have consented, or that the disclosure was in the public interest. On the surface, this doesn't sound too complicated, but the legal question was about the burden of proof put on the defendant in relation to those defences. Was it a legal burden or an evidential burden? The difference is important because whereas a legal burden is beyond reasonable doubt, an evidential burden is not much of a burden at all and instead is discharged by raising the relevant issue with the support of evidence. With that in mind, it is not surprising to hear that Shepard thought he should only have an evidential burden, while the information commissioner thought he should have a legal burden. In the end, this comes down to the meaning of the verb show and what it means for the defendant to quote, show something. Does it mean that the defence has to actually be proven beyond reasonable doubt, or that enough evidence has to be introduced to simply raise the issue? The standard wording for a legal burden of proof that is common in other sections of the Act is not used, but that alone is not instructive because the same verb to show is used throughout. In addition to this then, Shepard put forward a number of arguments such as the fact that this was not a potential offence that a data controller might commit, and the more onerous responsibilities belong to the data controller under the legislation. Furthermore, the EU directive from which the offence derives never had to be implemented as a criminal matter, 
so this is a case where the UK has already gone above and beyond. Finally, it was noted as a more general point that imposing such a heavy burden of proof on the defendant in such cases is generally unfair and chips away at the overarching principle that a person is innocent until proven guilty, a warning that stems from the 2010 case of DPP and Wright. Meanwhile, the arguments from the Information Commissioner focused on the idea that data protection is fundamental and so it is important that any regime intended to protect data subjects should be rigorous and at a higher standard than might otherwise be expected. Beyond that, a legal burden should be relatively easy to discharge for a defendant who is innocent because it is evidence that specifically relates to them and their state of mind. For the three judges deciding this case, the starting point was that when it comes to the interpretation of criminal statutes, the defendant has to be favoured if there is any doubt. What at first might come across as a biased approach is actually to do with the importance of innocence until proven guilty, and that it therefore should not be a simple thing to convict someone of a criminal offence. By using the words show, Parliament has avoided a verb like prove that would otherwise more clearly indicate a legal burden of proof. Instead, showing one of the factors listed in subsection 2 is sufficient to remove an essential element of the offence, and it then becomes up to the prosecution to fill that gap. If they were not required to do so, then it is perfectly possible that a defendant could be convicted while an essential component of the offence has not been proven beyond reasonable doubt. It was on this basis that the appeal was allowed and the conviction overturned. Overall, I think it is not too difficult to agree with this decision given both the wording of the Act and the nature of the offence itself. However, the main thing that needs to be discussed coming out of this decision is the recent changes in this particular area. As we mentioned at the start, the 1998 Data Protection Act has now been replaced with one from 2018, and so Shepard's case may well be the last one decided under Section 55. Instead, the courts will now turn to Section 170 instead, and the wording is significantly different. Not only is reasonable belief no longer part of the defences, but the verb that we focused on for so much of this episode, to show, has been replaced by the much stronger requirement for the defendant to prove that they meet an element under subsection 2. Beyond this, the explanatory notes that sit alongside the legislation explicitly state that there is now a legal burden. Of course, the Court of Appeal did not give its opinion on this, as the new Act is not applicable in this particular case, but it is not difficult to see which way the wind is blowing on this issue. However, that is not the end of matters, as this change opens up a new possible line of argument. Earlier on, we talked about how the defences actually contain within them a substantive element of the offence, and so if proving this is no longer up to the prosecution, there is a potential threat to the idea of a person being innocent until proven guilty. This innocent until proven guilty is not just some saying or a principle drawn out of thin air, it is substantive law enshrined in Article 6 of the European Convention on Human Rights. Interestingly, that was raised as a potential issue in this case, if the court had found that there was a legal burden under the 1998 Act, but of course in the end that was not necessary as Shepard was acquitted on other grounds. Nevertheless, the new law as it sits alongside this judgment presents an intriguing Article 6 issue 
and it should not be surprising if another case rises up through the court hierarchy in the near future, so that we can get an answer to this question. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the UK Law Weekly Podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Remember, it's really helpful if you leave a rating and a review on iTunes. We're almost up to 100 reviews on iTunes, which is absolutely amazing. And also in other recent news, we um, recently passed a total of 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is absolutely amazing. So thank you to everyone who subscribes to that, and of course, everyone who subscribes to the podcast as well. I'll be back with another case from the Supreme Court next week, but for now, bye!